Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Shadows. Mothra Ghost Story and Mike Ricksecker. Yes, we are broadcasting this live on YouTube tonight. Usually, we've been doing Beyond the Shadows as a Facebook Live and then re-uploading it to YouTube, but we're doing a little bit different this evening. We're just doing it straight on YouTube, like we used to do back in the day with Inside the Upside Down on the Haunted Road Media channel. So, of course... Um, this is the Edge of the Rabbit Hole channel. Our parent channel is still Haunted Road Media, but uh, we are now broadcasting on Edge of the Rabbit Hole, both this show and, of course, the Edge of the Rabbit Hole show. <laughs> and uh, so we're, we're trying this method here to just keep it all YouTube. See what happens. See how it goes. I see plenty of people are down in the chat already. Tom McNicholas, Tim Schoen, Robert Hanna, Jill Nanchinski, Tammy Heitzman. Thank you all very, very much for joining us this evening. I know many others will join here very soon. So... Got to do this, though, start things off for our late night show. This episode of Beyond the Shadows brought to you by Haunted Road Roast. It helps you hunt ghosts. There you go. And uh, I know I still don't have the blue lights going. It has been very, very difficult to find that blue and green fire and ice light. Um, where I got it from, which was Spirit Halloween, they have it on their website sold out there are different variations of those types of light so um i would probably have to just completely change colors and buy two new ones i really like those blue lights so we don't have those this evening i'll figure something out here over the next couple of weeks but we are talking interdimensional beings this evening that's where we're going uh down that rabbit hole i know i've talked a lot uh especially recently here about shadow people we are going to touch on them briefly. I'll let you guys pick down below which one to start with. We will, of course, hit shadow people at some point because that's kind of like the main interdimensional being that I've really been talking a lot about here lately because, you know, my new book, A Walk in the Shadows, of course. You know, if you haven't gotten it yet, why not? <laughs> um, so be sure to pick that up because there are theories in there about why I believe they're interdimensional beings, which we're all also going to hit on. So, um, and two people right off the bat talking black-eyed children, and that is funny. Um, YouTube hit on the word children. Wow. Okay. So I, I get. I know it's a lightning rod uh, topic here. We are not talking about children. We're talking about black-eyed children. Actually, two very different things. So, black-eyed children. All right. So let's get right into it. So these are the shadow people, though, you know, interdimensional beings, but black-eyed children. So that's these creepy guys right here. And so what what these are, the black-eyed kids, um, they are, well, I'll get into why I think they're interdimensional beings. But basically what happens is they show up at your front door, or they could come up to your car, very monotone, uh, they have very pale skin, dressed um, kind of shabby or drab clothing, their eyes are completely black and um you know what they're trying to do is get in whether it's inside your car inside your house and they talk very monotone which is one of the things that makes them very very creepy uh, and they'll say things they're just kind of like off like you know you want to invite me in or you know it's about food time you want to let me in or um you know, I, I need to come in and watch TV. So it's like they're kind of inviting themselves in, not even not even so much asking, you know, hey, may I please come in? No, there's like no manners whatsoever. It's a very creepy, very monotone, um, you know, very disconcerting for the person that has answered the door. There's an interesting fight or flight response that happens within the person that this experience happens uh, with them. So... You know, they're, they're being lured into letting the kid in. And there's a, you know, a large part of them that wants to do it. But there's also like all kinds of alarms and bells and whistles and stuff like that going off. Like, no, I shouldn't be doing this. So they, they kind of battle this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And what ends up happening is they end up telling the, the kid, no, you're not coming in. And they'll like close the door on them. But then there's like something they're like, ah, oh, maybe I... Maybe I should like give them a bite or something. Or they'll open the door again right away, and the kid's like, boom, gone. It's like immediate that the child just totally disappears into thin air. Um, you know, it's they'll be looking up and down the street. They go, where'd they go? 
gone completely. And so this has been reported a, uh, a number of times. So Nick Mule, don't black eyed children sound like adults when they speak? Now, it's not that they talk like they sound like adults. They talk very monotone. That So it's, but in, in a kid's voice, it's not that they have an adult voice. It's just the way they talk is very, very monotone. So it's very disconcerting. It's very creepy. Given that the the pale face, the drab clothing, and the completely black eyes. And it's like not something people notice right away. They just, they see a kid at the front door. But at, at some point they notice this, this kid's eyes are just completely black. Um, our friend Christina George, now she reported that because uh, she has had a black-eyed uh, kid experience. And in hers, the eyes were originally normal, but they ended up switching to black. So a little bit different there. Um, they can also just like uh, show up at your car. And so you'll you hear different reports of like people are driving down the road, they see a, a kid walking on the street, you know, they want to be helpful. And so they'll stop and they'll see the black guys and then they'll like take off and they'll be like, oh man, I just kind of like, you know, really dissed a kid and they'll turn around, kid's gone. Um, one of the more interesting experiences that I've read about was with this one where um, this woman was running into a grocery store and she left her own child in the car. And when she came back, there was another kid in there. And it was one of these black-eyed kids. And so, you know, she ended up tossing tossing out the black-eyed child. She was, like, really kind of just freaked out of, like, oh, my God. Um, you know, what is this kid? And, of course, again, the same, you know, very monotone, the black eyes, very drab clothing, all of that. Um, so she booted him out of the car and when she was asking her own child, okay, what what happened? And he was like, well, you know, he said that, you know, he could come home and play with me. Um, you know, and I, I was bored here in the car, so I invited him into the car. He said he said that I, he, that I had to invite him in. So even when it came to her own child, um, her own child had to invite in the BEK. Um, now, some other things happened where um, she ended up calling her, her husband. He came around... Um, he ended up driving, uh, it was an SUV. He ended up driving that home, getting into an accident. I guess there was like this real foul odor that he smelled. He like about passed out. He doesn't really remember too much and got into an accident. So it's like nasty things started happening after, uh, this BEK experience. So, um, so from Tammy Heisman, what would you say is the most common belief about black-eyed children? Well, besides the fact that they have black eyes, um, yeah, and I see it up there, Robert, Hannah, maybe demonic possession. There are people that believe that they're demons, and so I don't believe that these black-eyed children are demons. I do believe that they're some sort of interdimensional being. I've had the question, are, you know, are black-eyed children shadow people in a flat, no, um, they're not shadow people, you know, because with a shadow person, all you see is just like blackness. Um, sometimes you see, you know, eyes like red eyes or, you know, maybe some other different colored eyes um, or maybe it's like some clothing like a hat or, you know, a trench coat or a cape or something like that, which is really almost kind of like an outline. It's still all shadowy um, with a black eyed kid, you know. Yeah, you see the eyes, but you see all the facial features, you see their clothing, you see every single little detail about them. So it's just like a kid, um, but it's not. Um, and so the reason why I think they're they're interdimensional, there are different theories, um, but you know, you're, you're talking about the way that they just kind of disappear into nowhere. Where did they go? Um, also, um, like closed circuit, television because people you know will say well what about you know if they if they come up to a door at an apartment complex you know the closed circuit uh tvs in the area just they don't pick them up and what happens is like there's malfunction going on there's you know like all kinds of static or it just completely malfunctions or what have you and they just they are not able to get captured at least so far um onto things like closed circuit tv so that it's telling me that there's a high level of energy that these things are getting giving off. And so is that because they have this ability to 
transport themselves back and forth between dimensions. Um, you know, I, I believe so. I, I believe that they have some sort of, um, maybe it's something that they're carrying or maybe it's a part of them that they're able to travel back and forth to whatever their home is into, into our world, into our dimension. Um, and of course, the question is what happens when, when you actually do invite them in? Well, like I said, with that one, you got invited into the car, but then got booted out. So some bad things started happening with the family. Like it was, it was almost kind of like a bad omen. Um, is there an invasion of the body snatcher sort of thing that goes on here if they get invited in? Possibly, because uh, I haven't really heard too many reports of this is what happened when I invited the black-eyed kid over for dinner. You don't really get that story. Um, Jill Nemchinsky, are they mostly seen during the day or at night? Uh, kind of a mixed bag. Uh, I've, I've heard stories of both, like the one on the supermarket parking lot, that was a daytime one. Um, you know, a, a lot of times driving down the street would be at night, um, you know, to your front door. I've heard day and night, you know, that, so it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. It's just, it's kind of all over the place with, with actual hours. So there's, there's not a pattern there. Tom McNicholas, are there black eyed adults also? Well, Christina George's, um, account, if I recall it correctly, it had both a uh, black-eyed child and a black-eyed adult. So, um, so I guess there are some black-eyed adults, but you really don't hear about them too often. I mean, that's kind of like the one account I can think of offhand. All the others are like kids, and they're ranging between like like six and sixteen. Really, is is kind of like the the guesses at the ages, but um, but apparently there are on occasion, an actual adult with black eyes. So, um, I think I missed one that was a little bit up here. Oh, that was a demonic uh, possession. Yeah, okay, Tom's was, uh, are they shadow people in human form? Um, no, and I'll, and I'll say one other thing about the, um, the people mistaking the black-eyed children for shadow people is, yeah, shadow people do... Um, at times try to take on like the form of a human being, but they're still shadowing nature. And what I mean is like when, when they wear like the hat or they wear the cape or something like that, they're, um, they're trying to disguise themselves as a human for one reason or another. Um, and this is why, and we can kind of roll into one of the other types of interdimensional beings, which is the jinn. And because that's kind of the reason why a lot of people will think that jinn are shadow people or shadow people are jinn, I should say, is because they have that. Um, here, let me bring up the jinn real quick. You know, they have that uh, trickster uh, quality about them that. You know, they will you know, do things to try to trick you. They, they may play nice. They may be mean and nefarious. They're, they're kind of like all over the board. So um, this is a, uh, an Arabic-type entity that goes back thousands of years uh, as far as its origins. And, you know, there are people out there that think like all of these different, you know, creatures and entities, even ghosts, um, are jinn just trying to trick you. And, I mean, there may be a little bit to that um you know is it possible that some shadow people are jinn um i'll say that there may be a possibility that some of them are you know maybe they're going to try to pull the whole i'm going to try to look like a shadow person sort of thing um i think a jinn would be able to incorporate more details into themselves other than just a shadowy mass you know or what have you um, but it's it's the whole disguise, the whole being a trickster sort of thing that um, people say that you know some shadow people are are jinn. So, um, so Jill Nimchinsky, I think this question is back uh, with the black eyed children. Are they usually alone or in groups? So usually, um, it seems like more reports are one child. Sometimes. Sometimes it's like two, you know, you're, you're not going to have like a whole throng of like, you know, six, eight, nine kids. You, you don't get that. Um, it's usually a single child. Sometimes you might get two. Um, so they might be hanging around in pairs, but uh, you don't usually get too many more than than that. Um, and it's not, it's kind of the same creepy thing. And, and from what I understand with the um, 
when they're in pairs like that, like they're they're both talking in monotone, like at the exact same time. So if you can imagine, you know, you want to let us in at the exact same time, both monotone. I mean, it's it's creepy as hell, you know. Um, and I did see the question up there, you know, what happens uh, when you let them in your place, Tom McNicholas, and that's the thing that nobody really knows what exactly happens. Um, again, seems to kind of be like a bad omen thing when I was talking about with the car where, you know, bad things started happening with the, with the family. Um, it was more than just that one car accident. I can't remember all the things offhand with that one particular story. Um, you'll find out more details about that this Friday though, because on the Haunted Road Media YouTube channel, uh, for Friday Night Ghost Rice, I am doing a Black Eyed Kids video. So it's kind of cool that you guys started off, uh, with that. So Britt Fansler, what exactly are Jin? So, um, Jin basically are a ancient Arabic type of entity. Um, some people think that they're demonic. There's a lot of question about whether they're actually a, a, a demon or what have you. Um, I don't believe that they're actually demonic. I think that there's something else. I think they're interdimensional beings. They can slide in, in and out between this dimension and other dimensions. Uh, they're able, of course, to travel very quickly, be in one place, and then suddenly in another um, they have the ability to shapeshift. We'll get into some other shapeshifters as well here in a little bit. Um, of course, this is the thing that the whole like, you know, Aladdin and the genie and all that is, is based off of. Um, you know, they they do kind of have like the whole, you know, wish giving thing. But, you know, their, their nature is to be a bit of a trickster. So they may do something very nice for you one moment, you know, to kind of lure you in and, you know, you you'll let your guard down and then all of a sudden the next thing you know they're doing something uh to trip you up and trick you and you know put you into some sort of bind so um the person that did a lot of research on that and she just passed away this past year rosemary ellen guiley uh, she did a lot of work on gin uh, when i first met her she was kind of in that whole you know everything's a gin sort of phase <laughs> um which again i don't believe you know everything's a gin uh but you know it does make you wonder about some of these entities because of the, that whole trickster nature of jinn as to whether some of these things eh, could possibly be if a jinn is disguising itself because it, it will do that as well. Um, Nick Millay Jinn was also featured in the movie Wishmaster. I'm not familiar with that uh, with that movie. Um, so, Nick Millay, do you think black-eyed children are some kind of vampire um, as far as like perhaps a, uh, maybe a type of energy vampire, I mean, we're not talking like blood sucking type of vampire, but because of the way that people suddenly feel extremely disconcerted, um, when they're having experience with a black eyed, uh, child and they're kind of in that fight or flight mode. And, you know, there's a large degree of them that wants to let them in. But then there's also another part of them that is like, I need to just get this kid out of here. So it, it's really messing with their with their balance, with, with the person's energy. So there may be a bit of a energy vampire uh, facet to them. So that could possibly be. So it's a good question. Um in a there's a lot of subcategories of gin right well i mean those kind of like what i've done for shadow people i'm not going to claim to be an expert uh, on on gin um when i went through uh rosemary's when rosemary's material it was specifically for shadow people and how they may be related to gin um but yeah kind of like with um with shadow people how we've kind of categorized different ones there are supposed to be like different types of gin so um i would refer you to her work uh for all that um, yeah, so let's get into, um, some of these other ones here. So I did mention, I have mentioned shadow people, so we can, uh, work that in real quick too. So, um, so shadow people come in all different shapes and forms. There's a lot of different types. We've been talking a bit about the hat man here. Um, you know, this is kind of like your humanoid figure. This was for Sean Gilmore's story that was in A Walk in the Shadows and Encounters with the Paranormal, Volume 4. Um, these guys here are ones that I encountered um, near a forest in Maryland. And I've, I've covered this a lot 
um, in, in several videos here on the Hunter Road Media Channel. Of course, we've done live streams like this, um, and, and then a lot of separate videos on the Hunter Road Media Channel. So please check out the playlist there, and then of course check out a walk in the shadow. So basically, um, a true shadow person would be an interdimensional being. Again, lots of shapes and forms from the humanoid figure to the hooded figure to the hat man. Um, there's the crawler, which has a lot of different other aspects to it as well. So I, you know, I incorporate it into the shadow realm, but um, I want to talk a little bit about that one too because there are some different things about the crawler. Uh, but then there's like black mists and wisps and um, uh, many different things. Chipper Terry is saying she ordered the book a couple days ago. Thank you, uh Terry, very, very good. Um, and Elemental, so Elemental is more of like a uh, an earthbound spirit. So these are things that basically they use nature. They manipulate uh, uh, things of nature like an earth elemental. You have water elementals, what have you. And they come in a, like a variety of different shapes, sizes, um, a lot of different types of activity. So like sometimes a lot of these different lights that you'll see out in the woods or dark forms that you'll see out in the woods, people may may think that these are actually elementals. Um, I'm going to talk about fairies here in a little bit. So people think that like some like fairies may be elementals, um, that sort of thing. And, you know, fairies kind of specifically because they're out in the woods, they're out in nature. Um, you know, these are things that are, um, you know, old, old spirit, old entity that have been around since the early days of the formation of the earth. There's, you know, that, um, that energy that took to form this ball that we're sitting on, right? Um, you know, that energy took on a, a type of spirit and manifests itself in, in different ways throughout nature. So um, I was going to talk about fairies. We're kind of jumping around a little bit here. Um, so we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit here when we get back to fairies. So Judy Wilson, do you think they shadow people just come in to watch us? Um, some of them do. So there's a lot of different um, possibilities as to why shadow people uh, are here. So that's a question that I get a lot. What, what's their purpose? Why are they here? Um, some of them do seem to be just observant. Like they'll hang out in the corner of your room or they'll come up to the edge of your bed and they'll just look down. And so it's very creepy. You know, uh, my very first shadow person experience I had when I was eight or nine years old, I woke up in the middle of the night. There's a shadow person standing in the corner of my room. Did a little bit more than just, you know, stare at, stare at me and observe me. That's what it was doing when I woke up. Because it eventually came over to me and then crossed my arms, crossed my body, and ran off down the hall. So there was a lot going on. There was a physical interaction. Um, but some of them seem to just be watching us, observing us. We're not really sure why, but you know, some different some different possibilities and guesses is that they are studying humanity. For whatever reason, they're studying humanity. Um, it could be some different reasons. We're going to get into extraterrestrials a little bit as well. So if they are, some shadow people may be extraterrestrials. If they are extraterrestrials, you know, perhaps they're here coming down to study humans, um, to determine, maybe just to, you know, see if they, if we're a race that they could cohabitate with, maybe they're trying to learn something about our physicality, um, our habits, you know, kind of like we would do with any other sort of, you know, creature that we're studying, right? Um, so there's a lot of different reasons as to why they could just be standing there watching us. We get scared because, you know, we wake up or maybe we walk into a room and it's just standing there or what have you. And, you know, we're thinking there's an intruder in the house. You know, that's what I thought when I was that age, you know, there's an intruder in the house and it's about to kill me. So, um, so that's what you, that's what you're thinking when you're about eight or nine years old. But, um, I mean, I've seen a ton of different shadow people over the years. Sometimes it's like I walk into a room, I scare it, and it takes off. Um, so there's a lot of possibilities as to what these things may be up to. Um, so, Inay, do you think shadow people can visit you in dreams? Um, not necessarily like coming into your dreams specifically. Do I think you can have a dream about a shadow person? 
I mean, we could lucid dream about pretty much anything. Uh, but I don't think that that specifically means that there's a shadow person coming into your dream. Now, what I think happens sometimes is that um, you're laying in bed, you're asleep, and you sense that somebody is nearby. And anybody who has a child knows this experience. And so um, you know, this is what usually launches somebody into like a sleep paralysis episode because they they sense somebody is nearby and they wake and they get kind of like stuck in between there. And I, I've experienced real sleep paralysis. But the thing that woke them was the shadow person. And so they see that standing there and then they get scared. And so they're paralyzed, they're scared, all that stuff's going on. Um, so what may happen in this type of a situation is you're dreaming about something, you start to sense that somebody is nearby and that sensation of feeling somebody is actually near you plays into the dream. It's kind of like when we start, you know, when we do start dreaming, like when we're falling asleep on the couch or whatever, there's part of what's going on in the room that plays into like those first initial dreams when you're starting to doze off. Um, and that's kind of what's happening here is you're aware of your surroundings, somebody or something's nearby, so you actually start to dream it, and then you wake up, and then there's the thing is standing there. So, um, but it, it's not actually the shadow person like playing with your dream, actually. So, um, Tammy Heitzman, would you agree that shadow people with red eyes are likely negative? Um, for the most part, yeah. When we filmed The Haunted for Animal Planet, like, you know, that was almost 10 years ago now. <laughs> I mean, it's 10 years ago this year. It would have been this fall. Um, actually, our investigations would have started with that house, like, pretty much exactly 10 years ago now. Um, she was experiencing an entity with red eyes. We never actually saw it, but she saw it. Her brother saw it. Her father saw it. Um, it was terrorizing pretty much everybody in the house, the cat, all this stuff. Um, so that was definitely a nefarious red identity that when we pushed that out, you guys watched that episode, Monster in the Closet, um, for the haunted. And, you know, that was wild. You know, she got like punched in the gut when, when, uh, Carl did the blessing over her. Uh, the EVP I got at that point was die, which was, uh, pretty bad, but there's all kinds of other stuff that was going on at that time that they didn't have time to show in the show. Like the back door kept blowing open. Things were going on in the bedroom. It was just it was like mayhem. Um, it's a pretty crazy night. So um, the one I have, I do have like at least one accountant with red eyes. That's like, it's not necessarily bad. I mean, it's creepy because the, the entity with red eyes and it's, it's in this book um, was just kind of looking through the window. It was like a front bay window to the house and it's just staring inside, which of course, again, very creepy. But somebody just staring at you, I can't say, is evil. So it was pretty creepy. So, um, and I, I don't know if it was a shadow person, but I thought I saw something solid peeping behind a wall, and I almost didn't notice. It was like, wait a minute. Yeah, some of them are like that. So the one, when I was a teenager in the house that we moved into, like the first few months, there was one that was like that. I ended up calling it Tom because it would, it would peep in my bedroom door, and I'd turn and look at it, and it would take off. Uh, my mom had noticed the thing as well. So I called it Tom because it kept peeping in my room, but about three or four months and it was, it was just gone. So, um, so I guess that, that's your questions for now on shadow people. So, um, yeah, there's a ton of information. You can keep throwing the questions down. There's a ton of information that I have on shadow people on the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel. You can take a look at all those videos. And of course, there's the book, A Walk in the Shadows. Um, when I'm done with this video, I'll put the uh, the link to that stuff down in the description, like the Shadow Person playlist and um, a link to the, the book and, and all that good stuff. So, um, Judy Wilson, you saw all that, Mike? Um, there's a lot of stuff that I've seen over the years. Um, oh, I'll, I'll talk about the crawler real quick, too, since that's related to Shadow People. Um, and I wanted to talk about the crawler as well. So the, uh, the crawler, that is this thing. And this is actually, um, in any time that I show this photo, I always say, I don't, 
I just got this off the, the internet somewhere because it's a pretty good representation of what the crawler looks like. And I don't know if this is supposed to be a real photo or what have you. Um, but when I saw the crawler at Black Bear Church in Olive Township, Oklahoma, this is a pretty good representation of what I saw. And it was just, it was moving so fast. This is like if you got lucky and got like a still, one still frame of the thing moving around because it was like a, along the walls, along the ceiling, uh, very long, spindly um, arms and legs. Nick Moulet isn't the creeper at Waverly Hills, a crawler. It's, uh, from what I understand, it's supposed to be. Um, and yeah, very long, spindly legs. A lot of times it'll drop down on all fours. Like there was one that was supposed to be at St. Joseph's Hospital in Lorain, Ohio, like just before they shut all that down. Um, I never saw it, but um, for Paris Icon uh, a few years ago, the last one that they held up there, uh, I guess the night before, uh, part of that part of Tri C uh, actually saw in the psych ward there. Um, it looked like a regular shadow person coming toward them, and then it dropped down on all fours and scurried off after them. So it was, you know, a, a crawler type entity. Um, so that's kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, any of those. Um, like paranormal possession movies, demonic possession movies where they kind of like get all like down on all fours and get all crab. Like imagine that as just like all black. Um, and that's kind of your, your crawler there. So, uh, Kathy Ciliento, what do you call small creepy shadow thingies that run along the sides of the walls? Um, well, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Uh, the, the crawlers, if they're crawling along the walls like that, um, or up on the ceiling, those pretty much we call those crawlers. Um, there's some that just like dart across the room real quick, not really on the walls, um, or the ones that you kind of turn and look and they take off down the hall. Those are more of what I call the wisp. Um, they can be, you know, very narrow, thin, translucent, and it's kind of like blink of an eye. If you blink, you miss it. Um, those would be the wisps. So, but um, yeah, I was just talking about the crawlers, which I think is more what you're talking about, Kathy. Um, Robert Hanna, do you think shadow people can take the form of someone and be what people refer to as doppelgangers? Um, good question, but mm, I believe a doppelganger is a doppelganger, uh, which also would be like another type of interdimensional being. In fact, I didn't include that one in the list, so that's um, a good question. Adam Tillery, what are lurkers? Lurkers are Adam Tillery. <laughs> I see you down there, Adam. <laughs> um yeah, doppelganger is is something different. Um, if it's if you see it as a shadow and then it 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 turns into like you, um, I would I would straight up say that that's a, a doppelganger. Um, I've talked before about human spirits where I have actually seen like a rolling black smoke morph into the apparition of a of a little girl. So that is a human spirit that does appear as a shadow. So some of these shadows that we see when we go out and do a paranormal investigation and what have you are actual human spirits. So it's not what I would call like quote unquote true shadow person. Um, it's a human spirit. A doppelganger I think is a different type of entity. Now we were talking gin earlier. Some people do think that um, doppelgangers are gin, that they're you know doing that whole trickster thing, playing around with you. It's possible. Um, but again, I think a uh, you know like a doppelganger comes into our dimension from somewhere else trying to kind of fit in to our world needs to take a form or a shape sees a person and takes that form or shape and starts walking around as a, as that person because they don't want to they don't want to be seen in their true form whatever that true form is because it might scare people off they're trying to blend in is what they're trying to do they're kind of like almost like playing secret agent and they're trying to blend into our society so um, they will take on the form of somebody that they see. Okay, I got that, and then and then walk around. So that's kind of more of what the doppelganger thing is. But again, I I do believe that is um, most likely in an interdimensional being that's come into our world. Again, if it's studying us for some reason or it has some other mission, we're not sure. But I I do believe that is somebody coming in from another dimension. So. Um, Tim Schoen, why do people say that if you can see your own doppelganger that you can die? 
Um, I mean, that's <laughs> that's legend and lore for you. You know, we have plenty of urban legends like that. I mean, you're not going to die if you see your own doppelganger. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of times that, you know, you see, you know, another person like a real human being that looks almost exactly like you. And you're like, oh, my God, I just seriously saw my twin. And, you know, it's not you know, it's, it's not really your your doppelganger. You certainly didn't die. Um, it's just that at, at some point, nature starts running out of combinations, you know? And so many of the combinations start to look very similar. You know, I kind of like almost hearken it back to music. It's like, you know, we have, you know, all these millions of different songs that are out there, but there are many of them that actually sound very similar. And that's because you can only come up with so many different, there's only so many different notes on the scale, so many different chord changes that you can make. Um, what I thought was interesting, totally off subject, but um, when Prince passed away, the guys from Journey were like, yeah, um, Prince actually got a hold of us um, to ask us about Faithfully because um, Purple Rain has a lot of the same chord changes as Faithfully. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So and you would never think Purple Rain, Faithfully, really? Yeah, actually, they're, <laughs> they are very similar, but you'd never think of it. Um, so Nick Moulet, considering uh, since they're shadow people, do you believe there's also shadow animals? Yes, there are shadow animals. So um, I've seen what I would call like a shadow cat. Um, Don Francisco, who you know down there in chat as Spooky, um, include her story in here about uh, shadow spiders, which is also in, I think it's Encounters with the Paranormal Volume 4. It might be 3. Uh, but one of the Encounters with the Paranormal uh, books, that story is also in. But I included a good chunk of it here uh, because people do see shadow animals as well. So, yeah, it, those are legit. Um, so Tammy Heisman has heard so many times that if that you can die after seeing a doppelganger, I really wonder where that originated. I mean, not really sure where that originated. Um because that's a you know that's an urban legend, you know lore that's been around forever. It's it's kind of like here we'll talk about it fairies. So when we talk about when we talk about fairies, where is it? Um, there's so much legend and lore behind what they're supposed to be that we don't really know the truth anymore. So this is Golden Rod Showboat. There's a little fairy up in the corner. And this is where Shauna and I believe we first saw actually some fairy activity. Um, actually, it would probably be the second place because there is this um, photo here over by the Campsville Locks, which actually predated the investigation. Um, and this photo, plus what our experience was on the Golden Rod, um, you know, is kind of led us to believe that, yeah, fairies do exist because of the way we saw these things as, I mean, there's a lot of different little twinkles going on there. Um, there's the bar of light that I saw that turned into a glowing yellow ball of light. Um, you know, some really interesting stuff like that. And then, um, this past September at Hinsdale house, and I kind of briefly mentioned it on edge of the rabbit hole earlier this evening, because Dan, uh, Dan Class from the Hinsdale House was on there with with the Ghost Finders, and this past September, um, there were all these like, blue little lights that were coming down out of the out of the forest, and it's like it's not firefly season. There are blue fireflies, but they're in the Carolinas in June, so it's like what are these all these little blue little lights? And so we can only think of them as fairies. But when you start trying to do research, because I want to know more about this. I mean, we had, Shauna and I had some experiences there in the Goldenrod, at the Campsville Locks, all this stuff. So it's like, okay, water sprites maybe, which would be like related to fairies. We want to know more. So you try to do research on it. And all you're coming across is all this legend and lore and fairy rings and like mermaids are supposed to be fairies and just, you know, this whole social hierarchy. And it's like, you know, it's just the myths handed down through the age. And I know that somewhere in there, there's this nugget of truth, right? Something happened for people to believe some of this stuff. But you know, the story's been added onto and added onto and added onto. So what is the truth and what, and, you know, what is the lore? And you don't really know. Because I know that, you know, reading through some of this material, it's like, 
there's there's no way somebody sat down with a fairy and asked, "Hey, Mr. Fairy, what's your uh, what's your social hierarchy there?" You know, just like with shadow people, we have all these different categories that we've come up with. We've done the best we can off of our observations. But I'm not going to sit there and say that shadow people say this is their social hierarchy that, you know, you know, the hat man's the top of the food chain and the um, the humanoid shadow people are his minions because sometimes you see a hat person come in with, with a couple of humanoid figures flanking him. Well, maybe in that situation, but not all situations. Um, you know, we're not really going to know until we actually sit down with the hat, a hat man or a shadow person or, you know, the one with red eyes or whatever and ask, okay, how does this work? What exactly are you? What are the different types? Is there, is there a hierarchy to it? Or do you have ranks? You know, what's the deal um i don't see that happening anytime soon so um so tammy heisman have you ever heard the song over of purple rain no i haven't heard that purple rain and faithfully uh song over it says beautiful and played together i'll have to look for that up so that goes back to <laughs> uh, what we were talking about earlier um and yes shauna loves fairies and it's because well, I mean, we we do see a lot of twinkles. She has seen many, many more than than I, um, and then probably because the origins of it, you know, it was at the Goldenrod, which was very, uh, very close to our heart. Um, you know, it was one of the last times that we investigated there um, that we first saw that ball of light, and, and I mean, there was like maybe two or three more times that we investigated there before it completely got shut down and then it, it, it burned down um so yeah so it was kind of very special yes very sad about the golden run um and yes uh may hernan last week was discussing fairies we also talked a little bit about fairies with uh johnny enoch uh, a couple weeks ago uh, so check that out as well. So we do have some different videos uh, on here, you know, talking fairies because I do believe that they are, you know, they are a legit entity. Now, as far as is this interdimensional beings, how are they interdimensional? Well, they're supposed to be supposed to be a fairy realm, and this is okay. So we talked doppelgangers earlier. So there, there are the ideas that fairies will actually kidnap a person take them into their dimension, their fairy realm, and then a fairy will come back as a doppelganger to um, to play out your part, to play out your role. Now, there is a terrible case in Ireland in the late 1800s with Michael Cleary. Um, there was a children's rhyme about him, and no, I don't recall the rhyme off the top of my head, but there is a, uh, a children's rhyme about uh, Michael Cleary. And he believed that his wife, Bridget, uh, because she did like to go out to these uh, different locations that were supposed to have uh, fairy activity. And also, she had a little side business going on that was that was making money. And, you know, that just wasn't very womanly. So he was, he was not happy with her. She was going out to these, you know, fairy locations that, you know, he thought was going to be, you know, bring bad luck. Um, of course, there's all the, the religion involved and everything. And so he was dead set on that she was a doppelganger, that it was not his wife. And all these terrible things happened. Basically, he ended up murdering her. Um, you know, very, very terrible case. And of course, he blamed it on she was, you know, this person that he murdered was that, you know, he was innocent because it wasn't actually a person that he murdered. It wasn't his wife. It was actually a fairy. It was a doppelganger. Um, so he went to jail, of course. So Tom, I need to hit the show on this. Um, yeah, Tom, when I die, I promise John, I'll come to her and tell her everything about the afterlife. Um, you know, I, I kind of almost think that there's a little bit of a rule that we're not supposed to know it all. So you know, people say this, yeah, I'll come back and tell you. And, th you know, and have interacted with people that have passed on, but they don't really give you all those type of answers. There's like other stuff that they consider important. So all those things that we're trying to find out, you know, like, eh, no, no, that's not that's not the important thing. It's these these other things. So it's either we're not supposed to know, or it's like us wanting to know that is isn't what matters. So um, 
Yeah, Chipper Terry, maybe he was the doppelganger. Maybe, maybe, because he'd like totally lost his shit. <clears throat> um, other things, talking about um, kind of shape-shifting and doppelgangers and things like that. Um, skinwalkers, okay. <clears throat> so, these aren't necessarily interdimensional beings, but I included them here because they kind of get lumped in with a lot of this type of stuff. Um, you know, I get a lot of questions as to whether or not uh, skinwalkers are shadow people. Um, of course, there's, they are supposed to be shapeshifters, so then you know, they, they do get the questions of being, are they interdimensional beings? And, well, no, they're actually not interdimensional. They are of... They are of this dimension because what they are, and this is really just, I have this part in Skinwalker section to kind of clear this up a little bit. So Skinwalkers are actually Native American shamans that are of a, it's like almost a particular cult. And so these are, um, these are like uh, ancient Navajo legends that there is a specific sect of shamans that, have this ability to shapeshift into different animals. And in order to become one of these, you have to be invited uh, by one of these other uh, skinwalker shamans. Uh, one of the rituals is to uh, you know kill somebody you love. So these are not nice people. So these are some of the different traits of, of what they are. Shapeshifting, um, you have to kill somebody. You can only be invited by another shaman. But th there's nothing interdimensional about this. Now, they're, it's of course, supernatural because, you know, shifting, shapeshifting into an animal is not exactly exactly natural. Although Hans Holzer would disagree. He would say, you know, there is no such thing as supernatural. It's all natural. There's just things that we don't quite understand, right? So, um, so yeah, that's why I included uh, skinwalkers here is just to really kind of clear up that you know, they're not shadow people. They're not interdimensional beings. They're actually uh, human shamans that have a supernatural ability to be able to shapeshift. So there you go. Um, <laughs> guiding echoes Nicole Guillaume. I often shapeshift into a short girl who thinks she's hilarious. <laughs> um, Nicole would say that she's fun-sized. <laughs> um Robert Hanna sounds supernatural to me. Yeah, it's definitely supernatural. It's just not interdimensional. So they're not coming from another dimension. They're not coming from another place in time um, or some other place out in space or whatever. Um, you're not going through a vortex or a portal and all that stuff. They're here on Earth, on our plane of existence. They're humans that have this other ability to be able to do stuff, which is shift, shapeshift into, a, um, into an animal. So, um, Robert, do you buy into some of these outlandish stories, Mike? So, which which stories are you? Uh, that was kind of around the fairy time. So, you're talking about the fairies. Oh, and Tammy Heisman, Mike, the children's rhyme is the uh, call. Are you a witch or a fairy? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I kind of remember now. Um. All right, so what what other ones did we still have here? So that was the um, the Skinwalkers. So there are um, oh the other one that gets misconstrued, uh, that gets misinterpreted is Slenderman. So th this is another I want to I want to clear up fact and fiction is, is kind of this part of the show. <laughs> so the other one. Um, is Slenderman, and so basically, what this is, this isn't, this is just completely fiction, actually. Um, but it does call into question tulpas. So tulpas, come back to me real quick. So tulpas are the Buddhist idea of a thought form that you can think something into existence. Um, and this is kind of playing into the Slenderman phenomenon now. So Slenderman, this guy here, um, and he has this affinity for children, which is kind of a, which is kind of a double-edged sword. So 
children relate to him because they gave him a backstory of being bullied as a child, but yet he runs off with children and does nasty, nefarious things to them. So this is where this began. Okay, Slender Man was part of a Photoshop contest on the Something Awful forums, and the user uh, known as Victor Surge submitted this as part of his this Photoshop contest. And this was just a forum, okay? This wasn't like anything, this wasn't like any big deal. Um, it was just a web forum contest um, to put together a creepy photo. What he did along with this photo was include a little story that went along with it. And he did that for two different photos, this one and that one. These are the two different photos that um, that he created, the, little, the Slender Man in the background, hanging out with the children, being all creepy, and he created a little story with them. And people loved it. They loved the idea that he created the creepy little story to go along with the creepy photos. And because they loved it so much, he started creating some others. But then other people started to piggyback onto that and started creating their own artwork of Slender Man. And then they started creating their own little stories of Slender Man. So all of this fiction, legend in lore grew up about around this character that was simply you know thrown in on the back of a photo in a Photoshop contest because this phenomenon took off um, there were games that were made of Slender Man of course there's the Slender Man movie there was the unfortunate incident with the two girls that took it way too far um, and almost murdered their friend um, in the name of Slenderman. Uh, they thought that they would become his proxy and get to live in his mansion out in the forest, um, which is very sad. Now, there are people that believe that there may be a Slenderman tulpa out there that some, one of two things, either one, some entity has come along noticing the popularity of Slenderman and has taken on the form of Slenderman. So it's not it's not that there's a real Slenderman. It's that something, some other entity has come along, has taken on the guise. Could be a djinn, right? We talked about djinn earlier. Has <laughs> taken on the guise of Slenderman and is now acting out as as him. And so, you know, appearing, you know, to people and actually playing the part. So it's kind of like, you know, if you're in the school play and you put on a costume and you play the role of Robin Hood or whatever, um, you're playing a part. And so that's what this other entity is doing is putting on the costume of Slenderman and playing the part. That's one idea. The other idea is the actual manifestation of all these people combining their thoughts out in the ether somewhere you know, have this thought form come together to actually create this entity. So all this spirit energy coming from somewhere to create this entity, and now here it is, S. Slenderman on Earth. So that's the two different ideas of uh, Slenderman being real as a tulpa. Um, do I necessarily believe that? I don't. I I, I don't know because I haven't I haven't really heard any legitimate claims of Slenderman being real, just this idea that he could be. Everything else that I've seen has been like the legend and the lore and the games and the, the artwork and you know some of the tragic stories and all of that stuff. I have not seen like one legitimate claim of I seriously really saw Slenderman. I haven't seen it. So, um... Nicole, I think we all accidentally created the COVID-19. You never know. Um, Nick Millay knows the photos too well. Yeah. Scrolling up here real quick for uh, any questions that you guys uh, have about this stuff. Uh, what about the Wendigo? Um, Robert, you know, I haven't done a lot of research on the Wendigo. Um, again, another, um, another Native American legend, but I haven't... Um, I haven't done a lot of research on that particular one, so we'll have to come back to that another time. So, there we go. 
There were, yeah, Nick, there were other murder attempts uh, because of Slenderman. Yeah, there are others that happened like around the same time, uh, but that's the one that got all the press and publicity, but there were others too uh, that, that nobody seems to remember. So, um, Robert Hanna, Slenderman and Hatman do appear to have some similarity. That's why I always get asked, is Slenderman a shadow person? And let's... Let, let's get to it here. Okay, so here's Slenderman. And let me show you the other photo too. So there's another one of Slenderman. I mean, is it because he's wearing a suit? Because he's wearing a black suit? I mean, his face is white. So shadow people are all dark. Um, the hat man is wearing a fedora um, or a top hat. I've heard Archer hat. I've heard the wide-brimmed Zorro-type hat. Um, Slenderman is not wearing a hat. So, th and so this is why I, I kind of get confused as to why people try to lump him in as Hat Man because he doesn't wear a hat. He wears a suit. Now, some some of the Hat Men wear um, a trench coat. That's, that's not a trench coat. Um, some of them wear a cape. He doesn't wear a cape. Um, so I'm, I'm not quite understanding it other than it's, he wears a dark suit. So he kind of looks darkish, but his face is completely white. His hands are white. He is, he is a white entity that wears dark clothing. Um, so I, I, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that because he wears the suit, that's why people relate him to the hat man, but it's, it's just, it's not. He's a white entity. So, yeah, he's he's not a shadow. He's not even real <laughs> where a uh, where shadow people are, actually. Um, the other one that I had is aliens. So can aliens be interdimensional beings? Um, I do address this a little bit in A Walk in the Shadows in my interdimensional beings Um chapter because I, I do cover some of these in there and uh, so it is possible that some aliens are interdimensional because because of how they travel into our world you know are are they always taking a spaceship um, it doesn't seem like they're always using some sort of craft some of these seem to possibly be maybe astral projecting into our world, or they could be, you know, some people claim that they've seen the grays pop in and out of portals. Um, and, and they could very well be coming from entering our world from another dimension to here, or using some sort of, um, you know, travel mechanism like a portal or a stargate or something like that, which if you're using that sort of, um, that sort of technology, that, I mean, that harkens to something interdimensional anyways. Um, you know, a portal is basically a doorway into another dimension or another place in space and time, which um, I did have the video uh, on the Hunter Road, Media, Hunter Road Media channel about a week and a half ago on portals, vortices, energy grids, ley lines. Everybody, I think, missed it because I had the whole, um, was Atlantis a giant portal? And I think the Atlantis thing threw everybody off. But it's actually a very informational video on what a portal is, what a vortex is, and, and all this other stuff. So basically, the vortex is the swelling up of energy from uh, the Earth's core. And the portal uh, basically is um, uses that energy from the vortex to create its doorway into another dimension, into another place in space and time. Um, you could call it a stargate if it's going off to like another planet somewhere. Um, so yeah, the aliens could be coming in. It could, they could have another planet somewhere in another, I mean, think about this. They could be like, um, on a planet in the Andromeda galaxy and a whole other plane of existence and use a, stargate or a portal or something to come in onto our planet from like another dimension on another planet um so yeah some of these aliens these extraterrestrials could actually be uh interdimensional beings so 
Um, Nick Millet, would you say the name the same for insectoids and reptilians or interdimensional beings? Well, I mean, if in, if insectoids and reptilians do exist and they are extraterrestrials and they come and that's the method that they use to travel, then sure. Um, there is a case for insectoids like the Ant-Man or, or what have you um, actually being here from Earth that they live underground because there's old Native American legends about, um, you know, when there were, were cataclysms going on on Earth that the ant people came and saved them and brought them underground to live for a while. So some of these could actually be not extraterrestrials, just different types of entities living here on Earth. So, uh, you know, pretty much like, like some sort of cryptid or whatever. Um, yeah, Hunter Road Rose helps you help aliens. N.A., what do you think of the light beings mentioned in regards to being another type of E.T. species? Um, I mean, yeah, very well. Um, you know, light beings could be some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of ET, you know, uh, whether from another planet or from another dimension. I mean, they're 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 made of light, so um, light can theoretically travel, um, you know, through different dimensions. Uh, light would be able to pass through a portal. Um, I mean, physical objects can pass through portals, so yeah. Uh, so light beams being able to pass through those sorts of means could. Um, could actually be interdimensional as well. So, um, so yeah. Um, I'll take any last questions. We are at our hour mark. Um, I'm going to throw up real quick um, the last slide that I had here, which was the Johnny V's illustration. And what this is, and I go into detail in this, in the uh, A Walk in the Shadows book, to kind of talk about, uh, to illustrate really, how um, with one of my shadow people experiences, seeing a shadow dart across a kitchen through a door, and you heard the slam of the door, and it's just a flimsy metal door that waiters and waitresses would use to carry large trays of food through, so it had to be very light, um, you just like tap it with your finger and it would blow open. And um, so you heard this crash through the door. The door did not move. And so the question is, you know, what happened? And so if I'm observing this shadow person, basically I scared the thing because it took off when I walked into the room. So our physical um, bodies are on two different planes of existence. We're able to see each other a little bit for some reason. Uh, it, it may have thought I was a ghost or another shadow or whatever. I'm not really sure. But I scared it, and it took off. And on its physical plane of existence, I believe it actually blew right through that door, and it opened, and all of that. But I didn't see it on my plane of existence because my door was a different physical door than his because it's on a different dimension. But sound travels on a different wavelength. It's on a different wavelength, and it was actually able to cross dimensions. And I was able to hear it. And so... This leads to the whole idea, if you guys watched the Alaska Triangle, the show that I was on here recently, um, the three of those episodes, that um, the missing Douglas, there is an idea that the airplane itself, the physical airplane, got lost into a portal in the Alaska Triangle. But there was some radio chatter that was heard for a few days afterwards. It sounded, um, it, it sounded like it possibly could have been them. It was hard to make out. It only lasted for a couple of days and then was gone. Um, some people speculate that the sound could have been traveling back out through the portal. So, and that's kind of my illustration. It was for something completely different. It was for shadow people here in A Walk in the Shadows. But it's the same concept of sound on a different wavelength, being able to come back through that portal. Um, it could be why we hear some of these different phantom sounds and what have you uh, sometimes. So... Um, so, Kathy, I wonder how conditioned the aliens are that they can walk around on Earth without being affected by our atmosphere. Well, um, it's a good point, and it could be that some of them we are actually seeing, they could be wearing some sort of suit, and we don't recognize it as a suit, that it, it you know, is some, something biological. Think of, like, 
I know it's fictional, but think of like Independence Day. You know, that whole getup looked like that's the alien, right? But it was actually a biological spacesuit, and they cut it open. There was actually a different alien inside, right? Um, some of these um, shadow people, you know, I, I, I do I do throw out there are some shadow people aliens, and there is a possibility, or some people have seen like the Shimmer Man um, sort of effect that some of these different uh, aliens, extraterrestrials, could possibly be wearing some sort of suit that they believe is is cloaking them or camouflaging them and because they don't fully understand the physicality of our of our eyes and the way our eyes receive light that we're still we're still able to see them a little bit and so they come off as um as a shadow person or a shimmer or i've heard of like the molten man or maybe some other weird looking thing that our eyes see that's actually the alien trying to cloak themselves from us so um, Judy Wilson, do you think Mothman was from a portal or an ET? Um, excellent question. Um, I'm not sure yet. The jury's still out for me on that one. I mean, there's been so many, so many sightings uh, of Mothman. Um, there's a lot of data still really to, to sift through, I believe. And a lot of the reports vary in nature. Definitely had the government interested. Uh, of course, there were uh, men in black sightings around there at the time. So you could even throw in there, was it a government project gone wrong? <laughs> you know? mm. So um, interesting. Um, so you guys threw out there or in Prometheus. You know, I just watched Alien Covenant uh, the other day. Very underrated movie, by the way. Um, I wish they would complete that storyline. They haven't announced that, but um, yeah, kind of like that. Um, kind of like with uh, with Prometheus. So Chip Terry is going to rewatch Alaska Triangle. Thank you very much for that. And hey, you guys, um, say something to, to uh, Travel Channel about you know re-upping us for for a second season. So um, I know everything's kind of shut down right now because of of what we're going through with uh, uh, with COVID nineteen, but um, yeah, we would love to get a second season for that. So, um, let's see. Anything else that you guys have? Um, I think that is probably going to wrap it up, guys. And uh, we'll go ahead and get to shout-outs here. Really appreciate uh, all of you guys hanging out here on the, uh, on the Edge of the Rabbit Hole channel. Last time we did... This particular show live, it was on the Haunted Road Media channel. So, of course, you know, subscribe to that, but subscribe here as well since this is the new channel. We'll see how this goes next week, too, uh, going live from uh, with Beyond the Shadows on... 